Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2. This, um, <laughs> this weekend, we, we, um, I took some people to my, my dad's farm, and I, I've had this dream of catching crawfish and crawfish traps. And then boiling them and having like a little crawfish boil. I know that's a silly dream, but that's my dream. And, um, and so I, I went and bought a couple of crawfish traps. And I was so excited. I got everything ready. And then I realized I, I, I didn't have any bait to put in there. And so I went through the cupboards and all I could find was a can of Chef Boyard de Lasagna. That you peel open the top. And so I put that in my crawfish trap and we took it down to the river and pitched it in and then there was this red spaghetti sauce aura that spread out through the water and I said, you know, crawfish will love that. It's exactly what they want. And I came the next day and I picked it up and there were just two little noodles in there and that was it. <laughs> I've got a lot to learn about catching crawfish. Ephesians chapter 2. In the early church, there was a major theological battle that, that when you read particularly Paul's epistles, you'll see it on, and, and basically all of them. This is what it was, Acts 15.1. Certain men came from Judea and were teaching the brothers that unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. In other words, grace, faith, circumcision saves and so is what was being taught by some people and so in most of Paul's letters he deals with this assault on the gospel and here he calls them to remember who they were before Christ these Gentiles who were uncircumcised and he says remember you, you were with God without God in the world you were hopeless and then in verse 13 he says but now in Christ Jesus, you have been brought near. And his point is this. External things like circumcision count for nothing for your salvation. Before Christ, you were, you were in the flesh. You were far off. And now in Christ, you are in the Spirit and you've been brought near. And so as, if you're a believer, once you were far off, but now you are joined to Christ and you have been brought near. And my question to you is, in the Spirit, do, do you live like that? Do you know that your Father is close to you? You are near to Him. You are deeply joined to Him by the Holy Spirit. Let's read Ephesians 2, starting at verse 11. And we're just going to go to verse 13 this morning. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let's pray for our time. Father, I just, I praise you that there was an amazing distance 
relational distance from, from the story we read in Genesis, Lord, the fall separated us from you, and it brought shame. Um, there's no relationship. We were, we were alienated from you in the flesh. And I, I, we praise you for in Christ by faith, Everything that was set up as barricades by our sin and flesh have been torn down, Father. And so now you have brought us close to you. And we want to live like that. Lord, let your spirit take up the word today and use it like you promised to do as a sword in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Janez Ruse, or Janez Ruse says that he used to cry when he, when he heard laughing outside of his house. In 1945, Janez Ruse was so fearful of punishment because he had been pro-Nazi during the war. And so he went into hiding because of that fear. And he, he camped out or lived out on his sister's farm. And he lived there for 32 years after the war, hiding himself from anyone and everything. Finally, after being discovered, he reported that he, he said he never left the house. For those 32 years, he stayed there. And he spent every day full of anxiety, always looking down the road from the upstairs window to the village below and everything that they were doing. Now, when you think about it, I'm sure that he loved life, he wanted to be free, but because of fear and shame, he stayed hidden, he stayed hopeless, never believing that he actually had access to the village below or the people who lived there. He was separate, he weren't, it wasn't part of them. You could say he was alienated from them. And that's the language that Paul uses here. In Ephesians 2, Paul reminds the Gentiles and the Jews of their condition outside of Christ, they had no access. They were hopeless. For the Gentile, they were hopeless because they were not part of the covenants of promise, not part of the people of God, that they were in the flesh. But then he gives this little bit about the Jews as well. For the Jew, they were known as the circumcision, which is not a very nice thing to be known as, in my opinion. Which was, he says, which was made in the hands, by the hands and the flesh. But yet they too were in the flesh in one sense. Their hope was in the external things, circumcision, being, being, having the mark of grace, being descendants of Abraham, and therefore hopeless outside of Christ, trusting only in the externals. And so Paul here is making a contrast that, that you are in your flesh, Religious and non-religious. And now you are in the Spirit. You were far off for the Gentiles in particular. And now you're close. People miss the Gospel. And are hopeless and without God in the world. In, in really these two great ways. First, many are in the flesh like the Gentiles were. Not professing faith not part of the covenants of grace or the church, and they are led and controlled by the desires of their flesh, like the Gentiles here. But secondly, 
There are many like the Jews here. They're religious. They're part of the church. But what they know is only the externals. They, they've been baptized. They go through religious motions. Maybe they know how to pray at proper times. Maybe they give some money to the Samaritan's purse. But ultimately, their hope and all they know is the external work of the hands, you might say, like Paul says here. And Paul's point is, you can be in the flesh really in both ways. Religious and non-religious. But both positions are what he calls being far off from God. For the believer who is now in Christ Jesus by faith, you are no longer far off. You have been brought close, intimately close by the blood of Christ. So here's our main idea today, that in Christ, you are no longer far off in the flesh, but you've been brought close in the Spirit. We're going to look at this in two ways. First, in the flesh, and second, in the Spirit. Look at verse 11 with me. Verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time, You Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hand. Stop there. Notice he says, therefore remember. Since God has done such incredible things for you in Christ, He's made you alive. Remember your former condition. That's what He's saying. Remember what He's done for you. And then he, He spells that out. Look at your Bible, verse 11. At one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. Now he gives three things. Verse 12. First, separated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Second. Third, strangers to the covenants of promise. Therefore, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, you see it where it says Gentiles in the flesh? Everything that follows that, those three, they explain what does it mean that they were Gentiles in the flesh? First, They were separated from Christ. Which means that while they were Gentiles, not knowing the Gospel, they weren't looking for the Messiah. That they didn't know Isaiah, they didn't know Ezekiel, they didn't know the Psalms, they didn't know Genesis 3.15 like we just read. All these amazing promises and hope of the Messiah and the Savior, the Christ coming, they didn't know that. They weren't living in expectation of that. Second, he says, they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. So they were not citizens of Israel. And you say, well, so what? What does that mean? Well, Israel was a nation whose God was their king. They were the community that the light of God and the knowledge of God was found. Romans 3.2 says the Jews were given the oracles of God. They had the temple, they had God's presence, they had the law to know God's will, they had the sacrifices for their sins so they could be forgiven, and the Gentiles were not citizens of any of that. And his third thing that he says, remember, is you were strangers from the covenants, multiple covenants of promise, singular promise. So he's saying God made a promise in the form of a covenant relationship with Abraham and his children and the Jews, it was for them. It did not include the Gentiles. Here's the promise. Genesis 17, 7. 
I will establish my covenant between me and you, right? Abraham, your offspring. And your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. This was the singular promise that all the covenants that followed were built on. And so because the Gentiles didn't have the promises of God, they had no hope of the Messiah, they weren't looking for salvation for Him, they were not of the people of God, they were hopeless and without God in the world, he says. Okay? And he also says a little bit here about the Jews. Verse 11. Look at this. They too were in the flesh. Verse 11. Called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. <laughs> Notice, stop there. Notice this. The Jews call you the Gentiles the uncircumcision. It's, it's a derogatory term. And what they're saying is, you are unclean. That, that's really what that means. We call you unclean. But who called you unclean, Paul says? Notice. Those called the circumcision, which is made, he adds this little bit, which is made in the flesh by hands. Paul is saying, they are so proud of their circumcision something made with hands and the flesh, that it's what people call them. It's their title. And his point is, circumcision is an outward sign only of the promise of God that was given to Abraham. Only made with the hands. And they did not have the thing that it signified. It was a sign of something. Romans 2.29, listen to this. But a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart by the Spirit, not the law. What the Gentiles and Jews had in common were both were led by their flesh and not in the Spirit. What they do is for the sake of themselves. So when there is no relationship with God, what you have is on the one hand, Non-religious people like the Gentiles living according to their fleshly desires. And on the other, religious people being controlled by their religious desires, trusting in their signs rather than gospel grace. So both Jew and Gentile were hopeless. Why? Because a relationship with God doesn't come from our own efforts and flesh. It comes through Christ and being in His Spirit. Most everything that is done in the world is done in hope. You ever thought of that? We plant seeds because we hope for a crop. We get an education because we hope for a job and we hope for a good life. We exercise because we hope we can eat a few more Big Macs and it's going to prolong our lives maybe. We marry in hope of children and happiness. Hope is a great motivator for life. And when hope is lost, often life is lost. Hope is meant to be a powerful, motivating grace, particularly from the gospel. We had a, a friend who was an illegal alien named Jose Luis. And we were eating with him one time, and he told us, 
this story. He said that he hired an agent from Mexico that smuggled him across the border. They locked him in a semi-truck for many days, hot, at risk of being killed, at risk of being arrested, at risk of being abandoned and dumped and dying. And you would think, why would he do that? Because the promise of hope, hope for a better life, happiness, safety, education for his kids motivated him to action. My friends, guess what? No one is taking those risks right now to get into North Korea. No one is taking those risks to get into Venezuela. Do you know why? Because those places offer no hope. In fact, they promise something very different. Pain and difficulty. There is no hope without a promise. And the stronger the promise, the stronger the hope. And that is Paul's point here. The Gentiles were separated from all of the promises of God. The Gentiles were in their flesh and without any hope in this world. For us as Christians, hope is essential to finish the race. To not become sluggish. And we lose hope when we lose sight of the promises of God. In other words, let me say it like this. Your sluggishness spiritually and my sluggishness spiritually is directly connected to me ascertaining and living in light of the hope that the gospel puts out in front of me. Let's go to the second thing. We're in the flesh, far off. Point two, you are now in the spirit near. Verse 13, look in your Bibles with me, please. Now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Look, you see what he says? You once were far off. He's saying that Israel was near because of the promises. You were far off. Israel had the temple, the presence of God, the law. The Gentiles were alienated from all these promises. No access because of their sin to God's presence. No way to be forgiven. And the Old Testament gives an amazing promise of what God would do for those who are far off. Let me read it to you. Isaiah 57, 19, 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah says this, Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near. I will heal him. Isaiah is saying, God's going to bring peace to those who are far off from him. And so he says, you were far off, now you've been brought near. Verse 19, look in your Bibles. Now you are fellow citizens with the saints. Now you are members of the household of God. So those Gentiles who were in the flesh, they were alienated from the covenants. There was no hope for the Messiah. They were not people of God. Now they've been brought near. Now they're part of the people of God. Now they're citizens of God's kingdom. And so what is it that brought them near? Look in your Bibles, verse 13. Now in Christ. Verse 18. You have access to the Father through the Spirit. Christ stepped down. He took on flesh. He stepped down. He took the shame of my sins and your sins on the cross. And the cross 
covers the distance that my sin put between God and me. Jesus has brought you shamelessly close to the fathers. Believers have gone from being in the flesh at distance to in Christ, in the Spirit, access to the Father near relationally to Him. Now, one more thing we want to say. How did Christ do it? You see there, in His blood, through His blood. We'll close with this. I want you lastly to consider what the life and the blood of Christ has accomplished for you. Hebrews 9.22 Under the law, almost everything is cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So how do you go from being unclean, outside the covenant of promise, having no promise, having no hope, not part of the people of God? The blood or the life of Christ accomplished all those things for you. It is by grace you receive them through faith. His sacrifice is the one that atones for your sins and makes you ceremonially clean to draw close to Him. Ephesians 5.25 Christ gave Himself for the church so that He might sanctify and cleanse her. In other words, the reason that you can draw close to the Father is because through the life and the sacrifice of Christ, you're clean in His sight. That's why He's made you clean on your best day and your worst day. Let me just stop there. Let's close in prayer. Father, I just, I praise you. Um, we were not part of the covenants. Jesus says in Matthew 26, his blood is the blood of the covenant. Lord, all the promises now that were given to Abraham, all the promises of the covenants, we've been grafted into them. They are our promises, just as if we were a biological child of Abraham. And so we praise you for that. And we remember that right now as we take the Lord's Supper. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.